0: In a move that has left Democrats completely shocked, the acting defense secretary recently appointed by Trump has halted all transition briefings for the Joe Biden transition team. Now, they're saying this is just routine. It's the holiday coming up and that many Pentagon workers were completely overwhelmed and we just needed to ease their load a little bit. Well, Biden's camp is saying not so fast. They did not agree to any suspension or halt and have been left totally stunned by this development. In fact, many senior officials in the Pentagon are confused as to why this is happening. Now, we can go by the official narrative, the one coming from Trump's campaign, and it's probably the safest bet. But you see, Trump supporters are looking for any way that Donald Trump can stay president and remain in office. A new story from BuzzFeed talks about many people on the ground in D.C., older folks saying civil war it is. No joke. BuzzFeed wrote this story. Don't look at me. It was BuzzFeed. But that's how much the Trump supporters want Trump to win. So if you look at what's happening right now, it may just be look the holidays are coming. I'll tell you this. I'm gonna take a couple of days off. We got a new year coming; It's Christmas. Everybody wants some time off. And that probably is a simple solution. But the Biden team is saying not so much. That doesn't make sense. We've got the the biggest hack in U.S. history. They're saying Russia's been hacking us for nine months, and it's so bad that we don't even know how to solve the problem. They're saying we got to distribute this vaccine. You can't cut off these transition briefings. And then something else happened. This occurred last night. The order went out last night. This morning, we got word there was a briefing among many officials, administration officials about the ongoing hack. And many members of Congress were, well, unenthused, to say the least, saying that they didn't get as much information as they were hoping for out of this. Of course, Trump supporters are insinuating maybe this is it. Is it possible that there's some confirmed foreign interference and this hack is somehow related to Joe Biden? My friends, a little too bold. Yeah, a lot of people are implying that may be the case and that the reason for halting these transition briefings is because there's going to be some moves made moving forward. They point out that the acting defense secretary was put in only, I think, I think a couple weeks ago, maybe about a month ago, and that this is seriously strange. I mean, Democrats don't find it to be normal at all and think they're being jammed up. Could it be the last temper tantrum of an outgoing administration? possible, probably more possible, in my opinion, than Trump is planning on enacting some executive order from twenty eighteen. But Trump supporters are hoping for it and they're crossing their fingers. Well, I don't know if that's really what this is about and neither does anybody else. But we are, in fact, facing one of the biggest hacks in U.S. history and more information is coming out about it. And I think it's very interesting timing. While I don't think anybody should be drawing larger conclusions about this, you should know what's happening and what's going on around this decision. So let's read the news, see what Trump is doing, what Biden has said, and what's going on with this major hack and why it is that BuzzFeed is talking to people who live in an alternate reality, they claim, who are advocating for civil war. No joke. Maybe something is on the horizon. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are many ways you can give, but the best thing you can do, and most of you know this by now, share this video. If you think my presentation is rational and reasonable, and this information benefits people, you can really help this channel and your fellow man by sharing this content across a variety of social media platforms. But also don't forget to like, subscribe, actually leave a comment too. comment on your thoughts about all this at any point, because that seriously helps as well. Let's read the news from Axios scoop Pentagon halts Biden transition briefings. Acting Defense Secretary Chris Miller ordered a Pentagon wide halt to cooperation with the transition of President-elect Biden. Shocking officials across the Defense Department, senior administration officials tell Axios the latest. Biden transition director Johannes Abraham contradicted the Pentagon's official response to the story on Friday afternoon, telling reporters, let me be clear. There was no mutually agreed upon holiday break. In fact, we think it's important that 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 briefings and other engagements continue during this period as there's no time to spare. And that's particularly true in the aftermath of ascertainment delay. Abraham continued referring to the Trump administration's delay in recognizing Biden as president elect. Miller, defense secretary, had said in a statement following the publication of this story, quote, At no time has the department canceled or declined any interview. After the mutually agreed upon holiday, which begins tomorrow, we will continue with the transition and rescheduled meetings from today. So who do you believe? Listen, if they're claiming that they're going to have rescheduled meetings and they're going to resume after the holiday, I'm sorry, man. That's the simple answer. That's probably what's going to happen, because if that wasn't true, then the statement itself was just false one way or another. But then it's also kind of weird. They're saying it's mutually agreed upon. And Joe Biden's like, nah, that's not true. Then I ask, what is the truth, Joe Biden? Well, I'd imagine if they were being cut out and they knew why, they'd say so. So I can only imagine what Miller is saying about the mutually agreed upon holiday is not true. Why would Biden lie about it? It makes no sense. Behind the scenes, Trump administration officials left open the possibility, uh, open the possibility cooperation would resume after a holiday pause. The officials were unsure what prompted Miller's actions or whether President Trump approved. Well, this is Trump's guy who was brought in. So in my opinion, I think Trump knows what's up. And and I'll I'll go back to the question I I just asked, why would Biden lie? And followed up with, why would Miller or Trump lie about this? Now, that has, in my opinion, a more simple answer. Because if they came out and said, we are stopping Joe Biden for non-holiday reasons, I think it could spark panic or outrage or fear. Listen, shutting things down because it's the holiday. Nobody's going to care. I mean, that's that's actually rather reasonable and likely. But if Biden didn't agree to it and is denying it, I don't see why they would lie about it. In that case, what's the other likely reason to shut down a transition with Joe Biden? First, simple solution. Trump's just jamming them up. Trump's not happy about what's going on. Sure. But. All this is going down while briefings are taking place around the biggest hack in U.S. history. Maybe there's something there. Maybe it's completely unrelated. I guess we'll have to wait and see. They say why it matters. Miller's move, which stunned officials throughout the Pentagon, was the biggest eruption yet of animus and mistrust toward the Biden team from the top level of the Trump administration. Fury at the Biden team among senior Pentagon officials escalated after The Washington Post published a story on Wednesday night revealing how much money would be saved if Biden halted construction of Trump's border wall. Trump officials blame the leak on the Biden transition team, though it should be noted they have no evidence of this. And both reporters on the byline cover the Trump administration and have historically been prolific beneficiaries of leaks. So there's your simple answer, honestly, in the Axios story itself. The Biden transition team may be leaking things, maybe not. But if they are, why would the Trump camp want to continue the briefings? That's the most likely answer, in my opinion. They say meetings between President Trump's team and the Biden team are going on throughout the government after a delayed start as the administration dragged its feet on officially recognizing Biden as president elect. Then on Thursday night, Miller, who was appointed November 9th, so just over a month ago, when Trump fired Defense Secretary Mark Esper right after the election ordered officials throughout the building to cancel scheduled transition meetings. A senior Defense Department official sought to downplay the move, calling it a simple delay of the last few scheduled meetings until after the new year. We had fewer than two dozen remaining meetings on the schedule today and next week, the official said, adding the DOD staff working the meetings were overwhelmed by the number of meetings. These same senior leaders needed to do their day jobs and were being consumed by transition activities. With the holidays, we are taking a knee for two weeks. Oh, really? We are still committed to a productive transition. Perhaps I see no reason why that isn't the case. But I don't think that makes sense. You know, we were overwhelmed because we have transitions all the time. And this seems to be abnormal with many people confused by what's going on. The Democrats kind of freaking out. Okay, kind of freaking out. That's my opinion. But they express concern over the abrupt halt in cooperation with the Pentagon from the Hill. They say. Pentagon, the Pentagon has said it was rescheduling meetings over a mutually agreed upon holiday season. This we understand. And then they show the quote we've already seen. So I think we get the gist of this. And I want to show you something else. Obviously, the Biden camp is upset they're being cut out of the transition process for now, and they're saying they didn't agree to it. We get it. But I saw this tweet from an NBC reporter, Alex NBC News, Alex Moe, saying, All the members coming out of the briefing on the SolarWinds hack are expressing concern for the lack of details provided by the admin briefers. There was more in the New York Times than there was in that room, Rep. Thomas Massey said, leaving classified briefing on the hack. Rep. Lynch uh, says of the hack, it's very, very serious, obviously, and I don't think we have our arms around it yet in terms of potential impact. In another tweet, Alex Mo says, quote, There's a lot more that we don't know than we do know, Raskin says, leaving classified briefing for oversight Dems, Homeland Dems on SolarWinds hack. Newsweek reports, SolarWinds hack may be the tip of the iceberg, evidence of multiple hacks found. Yikes, man. This may be the most substantive breach of U.S. security in U.S. history. Is it possible that something in this hack was uncovered? And just the night before this briefing, they shut down communication transition meetings with Joe Biden's team. Maybe still, like I said, bold assertion. And I'm bringing this up because I want to transition into the, the, the story from BuzzFeed talking about the parallel universes in the media. I think it goes without saying that there are many people looking at what just happened and they are saying straight up, boom, Trump is getting ready to cut out the Democrats, to cut out Joe Biden, because he's compromised by China, baby, it's coming. Well, I'm not going to make that assertion, but I'll talk about the gist of it. The SolarWinds hack, for, the, for those that aren't familiar, is this enterprise level software. It was used by many different uh, uh, government agencies, and there was something called the Orion uh, uh, you know, IT service or software. It was a specific program that SolarWinds has, that there was a, uh, a supply chain hack. People thought they were downloading an update, but they're actually downloading what was essentially, we'll call it a virus, I guess, a backdoor. And this allowed nefarious actors to enter American systems and then embed themselves. This was just the door being cracked open. These, uh, uh, you know, malicious actors, whoever they may be, state, they say it's Russia. They may be so entrenched in our systems. We do not know how far this goes. And it could just be that right now, what we're seeing from mainstream media on the left is that it was Russia. Russia did this. They breached everything. And it is an act of war. Senator Dick Durbin says alleged Russian hack, virtually a declaration of war. Now, I don't trust it. I don't trust it. You know why? Because before Donald Trump got elected, Hillary Clinton was pushing buttons that were leading us into a war with Russia. You see, Russia is allied with Syria. The U.S. did not want Bashar al-Assad for a variety of reasons in power. There's also the natural gas pipeline they wanted to build. But we knew that the conflict in Syria was leading to a conflict with Russia. So they accused Trump of working with Russia. And he jams up all of the American efforts to get that pipeline and remove uh, uh, Assad. America really did not want Assad in there. Trump also brought in General Flynn who, it's my understanding, essentially blew the whistle on the Obama administration arming rebel groups. All of this would have led to Assad being removed and conflict with Russia. Maybe not the intent, but we were heading that direction. If you don't, if if, many of you may not be familiar, but for those that do, Ukraine, Crimea, Russia essentially annexed Crimea. Some say by force, some say through a referendum. Sure. And it led to a, a major break from the eastern from eastern Ukraine to Ukraine. Now, this is relevant because Western forces and powers were trying to get Ukraine on their side. It has a lot to do with the conflict with Russia. Now we're back to this hack. And they're saying, this hack must be Russia. How do you prove to the American people the hack was Russia? You can't. They'll just say it over and over again. That's why I'm not so sure. I don't. I, they say Russia did it. I don't know what I'll say. Maybe it was China, Iran, or whatever. I don't know also if it has anything to do with, with Biden's transition briefings being cut off. But maybe this wasn't Russia. We don't know. Or more importantly, what if Trump comes out and says this was, in fact, China? More importantly, what happens when Director of National Intelligence Ratcliffe comes out and says there was foreign interference, which he did? There absolutely is some very slim possibility that Trump is cutting out Joe Biden's transition briefings because they're concerned Biden may be compromised. I don't think that's far fetched nor conspiratorial. We're getting official reporting from Politico and all these other outlets that Hunter Biden was expecting payment from China. He did fly on Air Force Two with Joe Biden to China, and now he's under serious scrutiny. Many people are saying we need a special prosecutor to continue investigating Hunter Biden. And as many people can probably figure out, do you think Joe Biden was just oblivious to what his son was doing? Come on. We know how the game is played. Some people have pointed out a a very simple way to prove whether or not Joe Biden was actually in on the take. And I think we actually have some evidence in the leaked emails from the Hunter Biden laptop where, you know, his family was talking to Hunter about what bills to pay. Now, I don't know about all that. I don't got got that pulled up. So fact check me on that one. But, But what they're basically saying is look at Joe Biden's expenses. If routine things around his house and through his family were paid for by Hunter, then you know how the game is being played. Joe Biden's in office. He cuts crony deals. His son is the one who takes the money. And as we saw from those emails confirmed by Tony Bobulinski, a confidant of the Biden family who came out and blew the whistle, 10% would be held for the big guy by Hunter. The accusation being, or I should say not even the accusation. What we got confirmed by Tony Bobulinski was that Hunter Biden was negotiating a deal where he would have the equity, but it was really for Joe. Maybe that's why Joe Biden is now being cut out. Maybe he's compromised. Maybe these leaks are more than just leaks to the public. Now, I'm not going to speculate. I'm not going to tell you what I know, you know, that I know things I don't. This really could just be Trump saying, "Ah, Joe Biden, you know, I'm so mad I lost. Don't do any more meetings with him. It could be that simple. And honestly, I don't think it's that far fetched. Trump being like, you know what? I don't care. I can do what I want. No more meetings with Biden because he can. Why not? Maybe or maybe there's something else going on. I know a lot of Trump supporters want to believe it. We got this story from Newsweek as well. U.S.-China conflict would be a disaster for whole world, Beijing warns. Well, then stop jamming us up and taking away our manufacturing and all these other things. Back off, China. China's not just interfering in the U.S. It's their Thousand Talents program. It's a a bunch of other things. It's buying buying up property, a lot of legal things. China isn't just, you know, playing these games in the U.S. They're buying up land across the world in Africa and South America. They're doing oil exploration down there as well. They were trying to build for a period the Nicaraguan Canal to compete with the Panama Canal. And there's something called Thucydides Trap, which suggests conflict between U.S. and China is inevitable. Maybe it's not. Now, you know what? I'll tell you this. China's not wrong. Conflict between the U.S. and China would be a disaster for the whole world. But what do we do? Do we sit back, lay down and just say, have at it? No, we've got two different worldviews. Now, China's massive, you know, 1.3, 1.4 billion people in the U.S., 330 million people. But the U.S. has wealth, power and military strength. So it could be a potential disaster. But I tell you this, you can have the best weapons in the world. The most powerful thing is just people. If China is able to, you know, if war does break out for whatever reason, they got the people, man. That matters. It does. But I don't think that's where we're headed. Whatever civil conflict we end up seeing, I think it's going to be fifth generational warfare. This is the story we're getting for BuzzFeed News, and I'll tie this all together. I bring this up because people are looking at the action taken by the Trump administration right now by his Pentagon defense secretary cutting out Biden as another step in the process by which Trump retains power. Some have suggested Trump will become a shadow president, that his supporters will stay by his side, period. No matter what happens, no matter what Joe Biden says, there is no official anymore. Interestingly, uh, Rosie Gray doesn't seem to truly understand these universes. There are two. Axios said he, uh, the CEO of Axios said he fears there'll be a decoupling of these two universes. And that's exactly what these people are actually asking for. They're saying, why don't the blue states get to keep Joe Biden as their president and the red states will have Donald Trump as their president? I mean, yeah, why not? (laughs) It is an interesting question. And then y'all can negotiate between each other and see how things work out, I guess. But I do find it fascinating. Uh, I do know Rosie Gray. Haven't seen her in a long time. But It's interesting to me how these journalists really don't understand what conservatives are doing or what they're thinking. Yet conservatives know what the left is doing and what they're thinking. It's kind of like a one way system, huh? For BuzzFeed, Rosie Gray writes in this universe, Joe Biden has been declared the winner of the election many times and in many different ways. He won the popular vote by more than seven million ballots. President Donald Trump's flurry of legal challenges failed, culminating in the Supreme Court's rejection on December 11th of a Texas lawsuit challenging the results in seven states. On Monday, In what is nearly the final step in certifying the winner of the presidential election, 306 electors cast their votes for Biden in keeping with their state's results, ensuring that it'll be the former vice president who was inaugurated as the 46th president on January 20th. In that universe, absolutely. But I will add uh, to Rosie's article, Trump's legal challenges never stopped. And most of the failures weren't from the Trump campaign. They were from other people who supported the president or Republicans that may have you know, passively had some benefit for Trump. Trump certainly still has legal challenges pending. So it isn't over. And January 6th is still several weeks away, and that's when they'll actually count the votes. A lot could happen between now and then. She writes, that's just this universe. In a parallel universe, the idea that Biden won is not only false, but impossible. And the notion that he will be sworn in next month is still very much in doubt, if not outright laughable. Trump's lawyers are not bumblers engaged in a hapless quest, but heroes fighting to save the republic. The election was stolen in a grand conspiracy involving everyone from Fox News's election desk to the solidly conservative governor of Georgia. Even the Electoral College vote is itself a sham, they say, and Trump's alternate electors should be counted instead. You know, let me tell you, a little hyperbolic, but not completely wrong. I mean, many Trump supporters no longer watch Fox News. Their writings took a, took a huge hit. People are cheering on Sidney Powell, even though her lawsuits riddled with typos and, you know, spelling errors and weird space gap, like missing space buttons. I don't know. The words just jumbled together. And I think Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood have actually hurt Donald Trump's chance at challenging the election because Trump needs legitimacy. But in the end, I think one thing Rosie brings up, it doesn't matter. You know, the, the way she describes it, it really doesn't matter. Does anyone who supports Trump? you know, devout supporters of Trump care what the left thinks or says? No. Do they care about the Electoral College? No. They're going to follow Trump. Rosie mentions she went, uh, you know, thousands of people flocked to D.C. She says, walking down Pennsylvania, I caught up with Robin Bonner, 62 from Kansas, as she made her way down the street near a rally in Freedom Plaza hosted by the group Women for America First. Bonner held a pro uh, pro police thin blue line flagged. She says, I asked Bonner how she felt about Biden being sworn in. He won't be. I'm sure about that. She responded without hesitation. How can it be prevented? We will dismantle the government, she said. I asked if she meant civil conflict. Quote, if it has to be, she said, Uh, if it has to be, she said, though she hoped not. Instead, she said she'd prefer a peaceful secession. Quote, maybe we can go to the Supreme Court and get the blue states disconnected from the red states and have our own president. I don't know why we can't just kick out the blue states. They don't want Trump. They don't want the Constitution and they don't want our freedoms. So why shouldn't we just let them go? And then we'll have all the red states. (laughs) Honestly, it's a good question. If people in West Virginia want to have a bunch of guns and just go hold two full auto and fire them off like crazy. Why not let them? If people in New York City don't want to do that, then okay, then don't. People live very different ways. And we're coming to a problem where there's there's fundamental differences in how they want to live. Now, there are some really good reasons, in my opinion, for not breaking apart. I mean, the economy, the ease of travel. And I think there's really good reasons why the Supreme Court can rule over all of the country. There have been many Supreme Court rulings which have greatly benefited this country. Obviously, civil rights. I think uh, Loving v. Virginia and gay marriage, I think it's been uh, good. The Supreme Court has been able to say this is what the Constitution says. But this is different now. The Constitution also says you have the right to bear arms. More importantly, that it shall not be infringed. Shall not be infringed, say all of the ardent 2A supporters. Yet it is being infringed. If the idea is the Supreme Court will interpret and uphold the Constitution, that's not happening today. We have Democrats in blue cities with by by edict, shutting down businesses and destroying lives. So maybe it does make sense if the Democrats want to suppress and oppress their people and the people who live there don't care. Far be it from me to interfere. There's a bigger and better question then, to this woman and those who would say, let them have their president. Do the people in New York really want to be crushed under the boot of Cuomo? Probably not. So it's an interesting predicament then. The Constitution has been set ablaze figuratively in places like New York and California and Michigan and Pennsylvania and Illinois. Should the U.S. government sit back and say these jurisdictions are allowed to destroy the constitutional rights of their citizens? Or is it incumbent upon the federal government to make sure the states are abiding by the Constitution? And what happens if they don't? It's a cop out to say we should just break apart. Why? The Constitution is for all states. Do we sit back and let Cuomo rip it to shreds? Apparently so, because the best the political will of the right has to muster, has to offer is let's just walk away. Sure. So be it. Maybe you want to live in peace. I think that's the best thing the Democrats could hope for, because the alternative is Trump invokes some kind of martial law or whatever to so send in military to enforce the upholding of the Constitution. Right now, you've got the left saying, oh, no, General Flynn and people on the right have called for martial law. State senator in Virginia and North Carolina have both said martial law. Politico says Republicans don't understand what the Insurrection Act is. MAGA leaders call for the troops to keep Trump in office. Okay, if you were going to tell me Trump can't invoke the Insurrection Act or declare martial law or anything like that. Yet at the same time, in these states, you have people just blatantly violating actual statutory law and the Constitution. Tell me again why I care about what you think is legal. If you can violate the Constitution, then there must not be one. If the Democratic governors in these states don't care when they pass, you know, Cuomo just banned hate symbols in violation of the First Amendment, barring people from going to churches, violating the First Amendment, he's ripping it shreds. Why would it make a difference then if Trump declared martial law? What does legality have to do with it? Y'all have already broke the law. More importantly, if civil civil liberties have already been suppressed, repressed, and people are being oppressed, then the only thing that can come from Donald Trump's martial law is people getting their rights back. Because if he just takes the if he just maintains the removal of people's rights, then nothing changed, did it? So I'm not saying it's the right thing, and I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just pointing out, maybe Donald Trump is shutting down Joe Biden for this reason. Maybe it's just wishful thinking from these Trump supporters. I gotta say, I do not believe that Donald Trump has the political willpower to do anything like that. And the simple solution here as to why Trump shut down the Biden transition briefings is because Trump is giving a one last big middle finger to the Democratic establishment and other establishment politics in the mainstream media. That's about it. I don't think there's some grand scheme or grand conspiracy. And I think at the very least, you can say they're probably lying about why they're shutting things down. If someone told me to make a bet and I had no choice, I'd bet that Trump is just jamming up Biden on the way out. But I do think there's a better probability that Trump has actionable intelligence from these hacks from Ratcliffe, the the director of national intelligence, suggesting there's something going on with the Biden family because Tony Bobulinski, a former confidant, said the Bidens are compromised by China. And if that's true, then Trump is obligated to stop them from taking the presidency, isn't he? If they're going to say, make these claims and assert them as fact, wouldn't any rational person say we can't allow it? Now, here's where the two universes come in, like BuzzFeed reported. It doesn't matter what the left thinks. The left doesn't care that Hunter Biden was in Ukraine making money or that he was flown to China. They don't care. The rest of us are deeply concerned by it. So what happens do you roll back and say I refuse to be involved, refuse to fight and I'll just run away? Sounds like that's where Trump supporters are at. Let the red states leave, they say, give the blue states to the Democrats or to China? If that's your opinion on what's going on with Joe Biden, you 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 must consider if you think Joe Biden is compromised by China, then Trump must save and preserve this this union before it falls apart. It's not so simple, is it? There's no real answers. You don't know what the truth is. Nobody does. Is Trump actually the despot dictator they say he is? Clearly not, because he's not doing these things. And he never has. In the end, Trump supporters, the best thing they've ever put together, the best thing they've mustered is peaceful divorce. Let's break the country apart. That is not Abraham Lincoln at all. Not at all. That guy kind of went nuts, huh? Suspending constitutional rights the way the Democrats are. Trump's not doing that. So in the end, I'll tell you what I think is going to happen. I think Joe Biden will become president. I think most conservatives are going to say, well, you know, better luck next time. We'll keep campaigning. Proud Boys will get angry and they'll march and they'll yell. And then in the end, I think we will have Joe Biden, who I personally believe is compromised by China, and uh, he'll be the president. I don't know what the other view of this is. There's no great organization of right wing individuals. Trump doesn't have even strong support from conservatives like Geraldo is saying, give up. It's over. Trump supporters are saying no, but is that enough? Is it even right? In the end, maybe there's no great threat and Joe Biden's the bumbling old man who won the presidency. Or maybe he is an old crony who used his office to prop himself up and is compromised by China. When they accuse Trump of being a Russian asset, They did not have the political willpower to go beyond that, but they did get a special prosecutor. At the very least, you think Trump could do that, right? A special prosecutor investigating the Biden family, not just Hunter Biden on the way out. If he doesn't do anything, it just proves conservatives have no political willpower. Now, Trump supporters, I think, do. But is that it we get from BuzzFeed? These women saying, let's just secede. Let's break apart. That's not very strong political willpower, but hey, it's better than nothing. Nothing. I'm not saying it's it's right to break up the country. I'm saying at least there is some willpower there. It remains to be seen. But in the meantime, Joe Biden getting cut off. We'll see what it means in the long run. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. YouTube.com slash TimCast IRL. We're hoping these special guests can make it. There was recently a blizzard and things are getting, you know, kind of jammed up on our end. But this could be a really big show about the China about China about their culture, about what they're doing, about war and infiltration. This is going to be a a pretty substantive episode, so make sure you check it out. YouTube.com slash TimCastIRL. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all at 8 p.m. live tonight. Virginia state senator who pushed Trump to declare martial law charges Democrats with treason. How's your morning going? Because it's not just this one story. It's also this one story. North Carolina GOP lawmaker urges Trump to suspend civil liberties to keep power and invoke the Insurrection Act. My, how fun. And it's not just this story, it's also this story. Michael Flynn Trump could deploy military to rerun election. Apparently, he could. I think it would just be a declaration of civil war if that were the case. But I tell you this right now when I read these Trump forums. You see, these Trump supporters, man, they're telling Trump to, quote unquote, cross the Rubicon. They're talking about stories of Caesar and challenging the political bloat and corruption to create the first American empire. I know it sounds funny, but they're actually saying it. Some people maybe jokingly, sure. But many are pointing out that the republic is in danger. And that our interests are being sold out to China and that Trump must do something about it. I don't know who must do what about it, because the the, the reality is most people don't agree on exactly what must be done. And that is a serious challenge. But I do think one thing that must be done is a restoration of the principles of the Constitution and the return to some kind of cohesive culture. I don't know exactly how that's done. And maybe it can't be done. But we certainly right now have Democrats and their supporters who do not agree with this country and the Constitution. Am I saying all Democrats everywhere? Of course, I'm not. But when you look at people like Andrew Cuomo, he recently banned hate symbols and straight up said, yeah, we understand it's probably a violation of the Constitution. You take a look at many of these states who are in direct violation of the electors clause of the Constitution. There is very clearly right now a dangerous thing happening. Two very large, massive, distinct cultures. Not the only cultures. I can already hear the left screaming. But what about this culture and that culture? I'm talking about in the culture war. You have those who believe in the Constitution for all its faults, perhaps, and for all of its merits, of course. And you have people who say, if there is a problem, we can just amend the Constitution. We must vote. We must make these changes. But what happens when half the country is so far removed from the other half, there will never be a constitutional convention or a chance to actually amend, um, um, uh, amend the Constitution. And some people have pointed out that we're, I think, one state—this uh, was a comment we received the other day on the podcast—one state legislature away from actually having that power, because you'd have 30 states to 20. I don't know if that's enough. Maybe it is. Sure, whatever. But I think we're looking at something just remarkably dangerous. You know, when I talk to my friends, they're, they're cheering on the vaccine, they're cheering on the lockdown, they're cheering on Fauci, and they're demanding money from the government. These things are untenable. These are not solutions to any problem. In fact, the, the, the Democrats caused the problem with all the lockdowns, which are not legal, not constitutional. They're not when I, when when I say not legal. I'm saying they're not pa- uh, uh, passed through a legislative body approved, you know, approved. They're just edicts from these governors. They've destroyed the economies. Then they go to the federal government and say, print us some money or give us some money. They're asking for us to solve the problem they created. So when I see my friends saying, good, lock everything down, it must be done, and the government should give us money, I'm like, bro, you created that problem. The, you, you've created it. We've now gone on what, what nine months? Okay. The, the lockdowns didn't work. We've been wearing masks. It's not stopping the, the, the major spike. Then they come out and they say, the vaccine. But well, we had Dr. Vin Gupta on MSNBC to say that the vaccine doesn't actually prevent you from getting covid. We don't know. And you still can't be traveling or doing anything like anything like this. So so not to get off on, on a vaccine tangent. The point is, how do we have some states, maybe mainly cities saying, yes, martial law? Yes, total lockdown. And yes, just medicate everybody. That'll solve the problem and print more money. Fine. If that's what they want, that's that, that's their prerogative. But then you have other people who are saying, dude, stop, protect the vulnerable, release the lockdowns, give people the vaccine if they so choose. And we have to learn how to deal with this like adults. And that does mean people lose lives. It's horrifying. But as Trump has said, the disease, uh, the cure can't be worse than the disease. And the lockdown certainly is that. Then on the other side, we have people like this VA state senator more focused on the election results, saying martial law. On the left, the overwhelming majority have been screaming and demanding some form of martial law. On the right, it's split with a small faction of ardent Trump supporters demanding martial law and a rerun of the election, and most just saying, can we just please move forward and be adults? You know what that means? My friends, it means the only real outcome is probably going to be some kind of martial law. So I tell you this. The, the, the right wing individuals, the VA state, I'll, 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 and we'll read this on the VA state, Senator. When he's saying declare martial law, I say, OK, we're already basically under martial law when NYPD are arresting people for serving food. See, martial law is, is specifically military law. I'm pretty sure when the military comes in, say the Insurrection Act, and then they impose law over civilian law. But what we're talking about colloquially When we say martial law, we're talking about harsh, extra legal lockdown. That means you have police who are not following any laws, just doing whatever they're told by a governor who's in violation of the Constitution. Martial law, typically, there's two ways to look at it. The official way is military rule or just totalitarian lockdown. Pick one. Do you want it from Trump or do you want it from Biden? Because either way, it's already here. And therein lies the main problem. Yo, I'm sitting out here in the middle of nowhere. I see mountains in front of me covered in snow. And we were going snowboarding down the hill the other day. I actually ended up doing an accidental front flip and I got my left hand kind of all uh, a little, little scraped up. That's what I'm doing. Many of you are probably doing the same thing. I don't think sitting back and doing nothing is appropriate. I absolutely do not. Too many people would sit by and say, leave me out of it. No, we have to stand up for the Constitution and we have to defend it um, and make sure that our rights are protected. There was a quote from Thomas Sowell going around where he said, if they can violate your constitutional rights, I'll paraphrase, then basically you don't have any, 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 any rights or a constitution. You must defend the Constitution at every turn the way the Constitution defends you. How we do that, I'm not entirely sure, but I can tell you this. Will Trump, Trump supporters or Republicans have the political willpower to do whatever it is they're saying? I think the answer is a resounding no. Why? Because nobody ever does, except for Democrats, I guess. Think about the sheer audacity, the vile depravity that you would have to have within you to put sick uh, sick people with COVID into nursing homes. Like, like Governor Cuomo did, to then say, I know I'm violating the Constitution, we're going to do it anyway, to then shut down businesses and restaurants, even though they're not even in the top uh, uh, ranking for spreading COVID. 1.43% of COVID cases, restaurants. Why can't you just then social distance? Why, why tell everyone you're going a total shutdown? Because this guy has political willpower. Cuomo says outright, I'm going to lock you down. I'm going to kill the elderly and y'all can't do nothing about it because the men and women in uniform of New York, the ones who remain, I suppose, the oath breakers would grad- would gladly crack a truncheon over your head if it meant they got their paycheck. I am not saying all cops are bad. That's ridiculous because we're talking about two different cultures. We're- cultures. We're talking about New York being very, very different from, say, West Virginia. In West Virginia, you're probably not going to see cops doing that kind of stuff. Why? You know, I think it's, it's, it's about the power between individuals. If you have a big property in West Virginia, or maybe even a little shack, and you're armed to the teeth, what's going to happen? A couple of sheriffs and deputies come out and tell you, yeah, you can't put that fence there. And you might get into an argument, and they're going to leave because there's not a whole lot they can do. The power between that indiv- the, the cops and that individual are, are very, very close to each other. Although the cops do have authority based on, you know, being voted in the sheriffs or, or you know, some kind of state authority. In New York, you have tens of thousands of police officers who will gladly arrest you for serving a hot dog and a beer, which they've done. And what's anyone going to do? Probably nothing. So the point is, New York, West Virginia, very, very different. When it all comes down to it, you got people on the right saying martial law, VA state senator wants Democrats charged with treason. Well, that's a a little bit over the top. Michael Flynn says rerun these elections in the swing states. That sounds to me like the battleground right now. That's where the divide really, really is hitting home. But West Virginia doesn't want to live like New York. And I know people will say, well, New York's got more people in a bigger economy. So what? They're like, if the, if, the, if the red states left, they'd be a third world country. I don't think they care. You think somebody who lives in, in the wilderness with their own weapons and cuts their own wood for for heat is worried about whether or not they're going to get access to your grid? Probably not. These people probably not to survive better than you do, and good luck surviving when you lose a good portion of the farmland. I think not the overwhelming majority, but a decent amount of it, which would cause a lot of strife for these for these blue cities. The point I'm trying to make. I don't know how this is resolved. You, 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 they, the, the media is saying, oh, look at these crazy people saying martial law. You know, Michael Flynn is trending because Trump could deploy the military. Oh, geez. The Democrats have already deployed police to destroy the livelihoods of of the people who live in their cities and states. So, is it supposed to get worse from here? Are we supposed to be like, oh no, what would happen if the military came out and occupied my city? If anything, you'd probably have your constitutional rights restored. I'm not saying I'm advocating for it. I'm saying that there's no clean answer. And it's not so simple to just bat away when these people are calling for this stuff because. Worse things are already happening. My friends, they say the lockdown is the right answer, but the World Health Organization said no. One of the top doctors said it's a last of last resorts. You shouldn't do it. We did it for nine months. It clearly didn't stop the next spike. Why are we continuing to do it again? Because the people in power are enforcing a type of totalitarian law. It's not martial, it's not military. But they're certainly just doing it. So tell me which is worse, your martial law or his martial law. Sorry, don't care. I can't see the difference. But I'll tell you this. If the military did come in, you'd probably get your rights back. Isn't that funny? Here's the first story from Newsweek. After facing criticism for her gubernatorial opponent from, excuse me, from her gubernatorial opponent, Virginia State Senator Amanda Chase doubled down on her support for President Trump declaring martial law because Democrats committed treason during the 2020 election. Chase made headlines this week for publicly calling for Trump to invoke martial law so the military could hold a new election. Virginia delegate Kirk Cox, who, liked Chase's vying for the Republican gubernatorial nomination, called it an, uh, called it an absurd and dangerous suggestion. But it did little to temper Chase's support for overturning the election. She said, wow, this is spicy, my friends. Make no mistake. We are at war. The Democratic Party hijacked our 2020 presidential election and have committed treason. Chase wrote in a Facebook post late Wednesday, where the hell are the Republicans? Did Dominion voting systems buy you out, too? I hear nothing but crickets. If legislators, courts and Congress don't follow the Constitution, the Virginia state senator said Trump should invoke martial law to allow the military to oversee a new free and fair federal election. I'll tell you this. Maybe the solution is uh, martial law to reinforce the Constitution, which is legally the supreme law of the land. Now, I say legally in a semantic or colloquial sense, not a hard law sense. I had a conversation with a lawyer about this, and they said there's a difference between constitutional and legal. Legal goes through a statutory legislative process, and then it becomes a law. Great. What they're doing in these states is not legal then. It's not constitutional. It did not go through a legislative vote. These elections that I think Rand Paul said two dozen states change their election rules without going through the state legislatures. The Constitution is on fire. I mean, not to mention the Second Amendment stuff. I've look, I've I've earlier this year, I was not the biggest two a guy. I'm much more of a, a Second Amendment proponent nowadays, mostly, however, because I've kind of moved out to the middle of nowhere and I still recognize There might be a big problem. You Look, when I I was hanging out with this uh, firearms instructor, one of the best in the nation, apparently, and he said he does have concerns about, say, everybody in a city buying guns because these people don't know what they're doing. And so he actually thought there could be some reasonable approach to to guaranteeing the right to keep and bear arms, but doing something to make sure those who do have the first level of basic understanding, because he was like, man, I, I I'm worried about what happens when you got a whole bunch of people going out and buying guns who have no idea how to use them. That's for big cities. Sure, it doesn't necessarily make sense out in the middle of nowhere, or maybe the conversation should actually be focused on these things happen, I guess. It depends on what your perspective is. Protect yourself. It's your responsibility. And if someone's dangerous, they're dangerous or have the state take care of you, right? Perhaps this guy is in the city. And so that's his perspective. But I'll put it this way, man. It's certainly true. The Second Amendment is Swiss cheese at this point. The fact that they ban certain things and not other things, the fact that in some states and cities you can't even have some of these weapons, you know, it it clearly is being infringed upon. But more importantly of the First Amendment, clearly being infringed upon in New York, the right to, I mean, actually, I'm sorry, the First Amendment's being infringed upon basically everywhere. The right to peaceably assemble, okay? Congress shall make no law, fine. But what these governors are doing is not following any law. They're in violation of what the First Amendment is supposed to allow. The right to peaceably assemble. Could you imagine if the founding fathers gathered together for the second Con- uh, continental congress where they planned to sign a declaration of independence? But the king issued a decree due to the, to the uh, pandemic. You cannot meet for your constitutional convention for the Con- continental congress. And then they all went. Okay, well, guys, look, we're not going to be able to declare independence now because, you know, we got this pandemic thing going on and the local authorities have said we can't do it. So everybody pack it in. We're going home. Of course not. The right to assemble is basically that they recognized if they wanted to meet to discuss solutions and a redress of grievances, the government could not stop them because as they stated and as Ulysses S. Grant stated. It is the right of any person who feels oppressed by their government to move for revolution. And that includes Antifa and in the far left. You bet it does. But you stake your life, your property, and your guarantees as a, as a citizen when you make that, that charge or claim. Antifa, luckily, has uh, allies in the DA. So many of these people are not actually going to jail. Now, I, again, I'm not going to uh, say I'm advocating for or against any of this, but I will tell you, I actually believe if there was some kind of martial law. At least the Constitution would be enforced, I guess. But I don't I don't I don't, don't want to pretend like I actually trust that would happen. I'll tell you why. The North Carolina GOP lawmaker urged Trump to suspend civil liberties to keep power. Yeah, I'm going to give a big fat F you to that one. You're not suspending my civil liberties, so Trump can keep power. Now, the problem, civil liberties have already been suspended. So uh, Trump wouldn't be doing a whole lot if he actually did invoke the Insurrection Act. Let me show you what Michael Flynn said. This is the big story that's breaking now. Quote, he could order within the swing states if he wanted to. He could take military capabilities and basically rerun an election each in those states. Flynn added that using the military is not unprecedented, saying that people talk about it like it's something that we've never done. But he also said he was not calling for that. Martial law has been instituted 64 times. So I'm not calling for that. We have a constitutional process and that has to be followed. I tell you what. He's not wrong. Abraham Lincoln was, I mean, if you actually look at what he did, a bit tyrannical. I know it's 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 blasphemy, right? Well, I tell you what, the far left doesn't like the guy. The right pretty much does like the guy. But let's be honest. Abraham Lincoln uh, uh, shut down newspapers, clearly in violation of the First Amendment. But his his reasoning was essentially rebellion, insurrection. That's what he said. The the you know, the southern states were doing. Abraham Lincoln suspended, I believe he suspended habeas corpus. I know there are a lot of people who are arrested and imprisoned without charge or trial. He did some crazy stuff. And I thought about this and I was like, "You yeah, it's crazy. We look back on what Abraham Lincoln did. He's he's one of the greatest presidents ever. And that's what Trump supporters have been saying with things like this. They say Trump could do something that would shock the psyche, the, the minds of many people in this country crossing the Rubicon, challenging the corrupt political establishment and enforcing martial law to rerun elections or something to that nature. And people would be angry and it maybe could spark a civil war of some sort. And the things that Abraham Lincoln did are looked back back upon fondly. Not all, not all of it, not by everybody. I mean, I think it's obvious the real reason we like Abraham Lincoln is the Emancipation Proclamation. But I will add the 13th Amendment doesn't do enough. The Thirteenth Amendment abolished slavery, but it also included a provision that you can still have slavery if someone's convicted of a crime. That, to me, is still a problem. Kanye West said so, right? And and it makes sense. Kamala Harris using uh, prison inmates for cheap labor to have them go fight fires is horrifyingly dystopian. But hey, I actually think it's a, a remnant of the past, not something from the future. I guess uh, you know it's just her exercise of that authority. So let me tell you something: if you get Kamala Harris. Who kept people in prison when they should have been, I, th- I believe they were facing parole or, uh, yeah, they are going to be put on parole. She said, no, 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 keep them. We'll pay them a buck an hour to go fight wildfires. Is that the kind of despotism you want? The kind of martial law we can expect? When the far left goes around burning cities down or seizing autonomous zones and the district attorneys just cut them loose, is that what you expect? Meanwhile, they're marching in the streets, singing and dancing for Joe Biden, but then telling you you can't run your business. They're telling people they can sing and dance for Joe Biden, but you can't go to church. You're already under some type of totalitarian law, not not legally martial law, but it's already here. So spare me your your gut wrenching, bleeding hearts. Of, oh, I can't believe Donald Trump supporters are saying this, bro. You told people in violation of the First Amendment. They couldn't go to church. You sent cops out in New York City to put cameras up to the windows of Jewish schools to spy on children. They went undercover into a restaurant, ordered food, and when the guy served it, they arrested the guy. So don't come to me and go, Trump might declare martial law. These people are crazy. Shut up. You're the people who are going around arresting people for serving food. You're the ones in California who are putting up giant tents and picnic tables for your craft services Hollywood production. Meanwhile, right next to it is a restaurant with picnic tables and a big tent who can't serve because of some mindless unconstitutional edict. We're already living in the nightmare hellscape. So I don't you know what? I don't care at this point. I live in the middle of nowhere for a reason, and I hope y'all have been paying attention as to why I, and not just me, but many people, GTFO'd from these cities. Maybe nothing happens. I always say it. I can't see the future. I have no idea, but I tell you this. I've been having a good time out in the middle of nowhere. You know why we got, it's it's a big hill. We're in the middle of nowhere. We put on, some, we got some snowboards, and we we're just riding down the hill, and everyone's laughing, and we're throwing snowballs, having a good old time. Nobody's wearing a mask because we're out in the middle of nowhere. And I got a garage where we built some skate stuff. I know. Look, I'm not trying to uh, I recognize I am extremely fortunate, work very hard, built up a big company. And now we have essentially this really awesome place to hang out. Not everybody can do that. Not everybody can leave these cities. It's very, very horrifying. So I wonder then if your rights have already been suspended totally. Would you be upset if the military came in to enforce some kind of constitutional law? maybe not. What do you call it when the Democrats are allowed to march to the streets by the thousands and small business owners are not allowed to sell a hot dog? I call that tyranny because the party members are given carte blanche and the regular people are being arrested and spied on. So then when I hear from Michael Flynn or anybody else, I tell you this. What did Michael Flynn say? I'm not saying he should do it. No political willpower. So be it. Cuomo's got political willpower. Cuomo and Bill de Blasio targeted the Jewish community targeted isn't that amazing. Now that's political willpower and no one did anything. Now that the Jewish community protested, they arrested the guy, Heshi Tischler, who was actually leading the protests. That's what you get. Now they fought back. They, they were cutting locks on parks, reopening them. And the amazing thing was, she told me the story where they locked this park down and the kids can't go in it. And he's like, two blocks away, you got a park, it's open. Why did you close this one down? And the cops are like, I don't know. And the, the, the uh, parks people are like, <laughs> I have no idea. They were specifically targeting the Jewish community. Isn't that funny? Let's talk about political willpower. Gretchen Whitmer defying Supreme Court orders. Andrew Cuomo defying Supreme Court orders. Defying in the sense that when they were told, they were like, hey, you know, I do what I want man, that is political willpower. So if Donald Trump doesn't have that political willpower, I wouldn't be surprised. His supporters could call for it all day and night. I I do not believe it's going to happen. But the Supreme Court could hand down a ruling saying you can't do this. And the Democratic governor is like, how about I got two big old birds to flip you and I'm going to do it anyway. Wow. And then what? How does Supreme Court actually enforce any of this? They don't. They tell us that we're supposed to abide by these norms and these rules and everything. And certain votes are official and certain votes aren't. I tell you, if the Supreme Court says something and the states are like, we just don't care. If the Constitution says this is how elections are run. These are your constitutionally protected rights. And these states say, I don't care. Then we don't really have a Constitution, do we? Then we don't really have civil liberties, do we? So you can't really suspend something that's been taken away already, can you? I'm not saying Trump should do it. I'm just pointing out we are already under some some boot stomping Democrat BS, regardless of your opinion of whether it's right or wrong because of the pandemic. I'm not saying that I'm saying the Democrats have already suspended your rights. So now don't act. So so when the left comes and they say, can you believe they're calling on Trump to do this? I can because you called on your guy to do it. And he did. Trump's just the one not doing it because Trump isn't actually a fascist. Isn't that funny? All right, I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel and we have more spicy news. Maybe we'll just go to war. Maybe that's the plan for all of this stuff, huh? Stick around 1 p.m. on this channel and I will see you all then. The only thing I can say about all of this definitively is that the system is breaking down. There are no rules, nothing makes sense. Everything is broken and perhaps on purpose. Perhaps we are under attack by a foreign adversary of sorts that is playing at our worst vices and weaknesses to destroy us from within. It's the only logical explanation I can think of, but maybe it's a bit of an overstatement. Maybe we are just falling into these traps ourselves. You see, there's this desperate attempt to fight racism. Sounds like a good cause, and it is. Racism is bad. But what happens when it becomes toxic? What if I were to tell you? The New York Times has an article. Well, actually, let me me slow down. The New York Times has an article. We're looking at it. Elderly versus essential workers. Who should get the coronavirus vaccine first? Based on the title of this video for which you clicked, you know where I'm going. Well, maybe you didn't click the video. Having an argument about who should get the vaccine first between elderly and essential workers, I think makes a lot of sense. We have people working on the front lines. They're at restaurants. They're at grocery stores. They're supplying us with critical infrastructure tools, you know, things we need to fix our cars and carry on the core functions to maintain a functioning society in the, at the very least. The elderly, however, are the ones most likely to die from this. So who, do, who gets it first? Now, that's an argument that I think is fair and, and tough. A good leader will have to make that call. Maybe the answer is give it to both of them in equal levels. What if I told you that one professor suggested there are too many white old people, and that's why they should not get the vaccine? Because that's what the New York Times has actually published in this article. Straight up saying that the older groups tend to be whiter. So you have this guy. He's a professor at University of Pennsylvania, Harold Schmidt. And the New York Times says, Harold Schmidt, an expert in ethics and health policy at the University of Pennsylvania, said that it is reasonable to put essential workers ahead of older adults, given the risks, and that they are disproportionately minorities. Older populations are whiter, Dr. Schmidt said. Society is structured in a way that enables them to live longer instead of giving additional health benefits to those who already had more of them. We can start to level the playing field a bit. Level the playing field. Do you know what that means in this context? Level the playing field? It means some racial groups must die, apparently, thanks New York Times, for the sake of a different racial group. Older people based on race, Do not get the vaccine. Talk about psychotic and downright depraved. But what if I were to tell you in other places the opposite is actually happening? They're mandating that white people get the vaccine. Well, it's true. Cornell vaccine mandate only applies to white students. And that's why I say nothing makes sense. The system is completely broken. And it's something we've known for quite some time. If you follow the likes of, say, Titania McGrath on Twitter, uh, um, created by the ever brilliant Andrew Doyle, Titania is a parody woke account that is often nonsensical and contradictory. There's one really funny image where it's like, here's a visual graph of, you know, uh, intersectionality for those that don't understand. And it was just nonsensical lines and concentric circles that you clearly couldn't decipher. And that's the point. There are no rules. Nothing makes sense. Look at this story from the College Fix. Cornell vaccine mandate applies only applies to white students. Is that racist? <laughs> I tell you, it's both racist and not racist. I guess. First of all, a lot of people really angry. Why is a choice being given to non-white students as to whether or not they get the vaccine? You're gonna, you're, you're, you're gonna get COVID. They're gonna get sick and die, and you're gonna spread the disease, the 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 illness around the college campus. So why do they have a choice? Well. I think people should have a choice, but many viewed this as some kind of nefarious plot of some like nasty vaccine that they're targeting the white people with. I actually think that's not the case. I think it's inverted. Now, you may have seen the viral video of the nurse in Chattanooga. This is crazy stuff, man. This nurse is giving a press conference talking about how on the front line, you know, healthcare workers, they're all going to be getting the vaccine, but then she starts to slow down and blink. And rub her head, and she says, "I'm sorry, I'm feeling really dizzy," and then she just straight passes out. It was about, I think, ten minutes, a little bit more than ten minutes after she got the vaccine, she passes out. Later, they issue a statement saying, "Oh, this, uh, it, it happens all the time." She said, "It's very common for me to pass out when I feel pain." Some people responded to the tw- to the tweet I put out saying that. If it's uh, uh, that, that it is very common for people who get vaccines to faint and things like that. And my response was like, you know, maybe it's common, but it's certainly not common enough for people to know that it's apparently normal, whatever normal might mean. Now, I bring this up because there are many news stories that are showing the vaccine in an extremely negative light. We had another breaking story from CBS. Man, I tell you what, CBS reported I covered this the other day, but CBS reported there were five nurses at the University Medical Center in El Paso. And in one of in, 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 at one point, you see the doctor give it or the nurse whoever, giving the vaccine, take the cap off, stick the needle in the arm, but there's nothing in the syringe. Now, that's creepy. I think there's a simple solution. The dude accidentally took the used needle from the other person and put a used needle in the arm of the other guy, which is freaky and gross. I'm sure everybody, everyone will be fine. Interestingly, though, CBS tweeted that none of the nurses actually ended up getting the vaccine, that something was not really happening. What they claimed on Twitter, and this is from CBS, that when they realized the second person got the shot, but there was no, the plunger was, already, it was empty. The syringe was empty. They said all five of the nurses. Now, I think maybe they're wrong. I can't, I can't figure this one out, but it sounds like what they're claiming is that in the other instances when the shot was administered, they didn't actually inject anything. I don't believe that's true, but CBS is tweeting this. So the point I'm trying to make here is there are a bunch of stories coming out saying the vaccine is bad. We have a story out of Alaska where they're, they're saying that so, uh, one, of, one of these medical practitioners, uh, frontline workers, went into, had an anaphylactic reaction. Face swells up, throat started closing, and they got rushed to the emergency room of the emergency wing of the hospital. The person apparently then said, I'm excited to keep going with this because they're insane, I guess. I don't know what the point is of that story or, or who's reporting it, but that's nuts. Anyway, here's the point. Because of stories like this, you have people seeing the college fix. College vaccine meant it only applies to white students. They see that and they say, this is nefarious. They're targeting the white people or whatever. OK, you want to know why I don't think that's the case? Sure. We know about the Bell's palsy from the vaccine tests. What they said was that the amount of Bell's palsy they saw after the vaccine was not higher than your average Bell's palsy numbers you get throughout the year. The issue, though, is I guess that some like something triggers Bell's palsy. So it may be normal based on regular human interaction with certain objects. But if you knew something was going to give you Bell's palsy, you would avoid it. Bell's palsy may be triggered. I was reading one thing about it where a person was using bug spray. They were, you know, t- killing some wasps and that triggered uh, Bell's palsy. They got nerve, you know, a uh, nerve gets compressed and then your face gets kind of paralyzed. So maybe that was caused by the bug spray. Maybe there are agents that cause it, but it only happens, say, a thousand times a year, right? I'm using a random number. If giving people the vaccine triggers the likely, the the the, the, the is the catalyst for what may cause it, it's important to report. But I'm not saying that's true, okay? I'm just pointing out. That a lot of people are concerned that there are health issues with these vaccine. Okay, accepted. That being said, vaccines, I think, are pretty good. And let's put it this way. Here's what I said the other day. And I think this is is important. It bears repeating. When you go to the doctor and the doctor says, you got something wrong with your gut. I'm going to prescribe prescribidone. It's a drug. Take it. Trust me do you wonder what's in the drug he's giving you? When you go to the pharmacist and they say, we're giving you, uh, you know, dexamethoprosamidine or something, you know, whatever, I'm just making up words. I'm I'm using that on purpose. When they tell you a word, you're like, I don't know what that word is. You know, I went to a doctor and they were like, this is for your joints. And I'm like, I have no idea what that word is. I'll take your word for it, boss. When I went and got shots when I was traveling the world, I just took their word for it. So here's here's, here's the point I'm getting at, because I'm kind of dragging it on, sorry. If a doctor advises you, They're giving you something that's going to be good for you. I tend to just assume it's probably true. Uh, Does that mean there are side effects and other problems? Definitely. That's why you got to do your research. So I I have some allergies, which is probably why I'm not the, the simplest reasons why I'm not going to get the vaccine. Think about it this way. Cornell is saying only white people are mandated to get the vaccine. Let's operate under the assumption the vaccine is going to protect us and it's going to be good for us. The white people have no choice. They're going to be getting the vaccine whether they like it or not. So that means there's a disease. The vaccine is supposed to be stopping and only the white people will be guaranteed to have been vaccinated because it's a mandate. I don't like the idea of a mandate. I'm not saying that uh, uh, they should people should be forced to do anything. What I'm saying is if you have a cure for a disease and you have two groups of people, white people and non-white people, and you say all of the white people must be cured of this disease, whether you like it or not, everybody else, you know, if you want it, let me know. So what do you think is going to happen? This is the crazy, the crazy thing about the psychotic ideology of the woke left and why I constantly rag on this stuff. What they're saying makes no sense. We shouldn't give the vaccine to elderly white people because too many are white, recognizing they think the vaccine is going to help people. Then Cornell says we should only make the white people get the vaccine because other people may be, you know, upset by that. What they're basically saying is, if we assume that this vaccine is a good thing for people, then actually, I'll put it this way. No matter how you frame it, it's like it's, it's racist. And that's the way it always is, isn't it? Every possible angle of this, making the white people take it and it's bad. Yeah, well, that's racism. Making the white people take it and it's going to cure them and then telling other people you figure it out for yourselves, then you're going to see the minorities suffering higher, uh, higher likelihood. Of of COVID, right, and they keep telling us that the minority communities are more deeply impacted by this, but they're not mandating that community. You know, these groups of people take the take the vaccine. The system is broken. The far left, what they're proposing is absolutely meaningless. And I bring you now to a very interesting thread. The first thing I want to say, you know, when I talk about people complaining about the dangers of the the vaccine and everything, Jim Roberts is uh, he used to work, I think, for Mashable. Now he's just, uh, you know, got two hundred thousand followers, verified Twitter user. He says, "Why hasn't Joe Biden been vaccinated by now?" Makes no sense. Yes, interesting. Why hasn't Joe Biden been vaccinated by now? Like, seriously, shouldn't he be the first person to get the vaccine? Mike Pence got the vaccine. If 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 we are expecting that Joe Biden is going to be president on January twentieth, shouldn't he have been the first person to get the vaccine? Listen. We can talk about essential workers and the elderly, the Pfizer CEO saying, I'm not going to get the vaccine because I don't want to jump in front of the line. Okay. well, shouldn't the incoming president get it before everybody else? Like, it's kind of important, don't you think? Strange. Joe Biden hasn't. Uh Uh-huh. That's what I mean by everything's broken and nothing makes sense. There's no rhyme or reason to what's going on. The elderly are too white. They shouldn't get the vaccine. But white students should be forced to get the vaccine and everyone else can decide. Wait, what? Which one is racist? Ask the woke left. Maybe that's the intent. To be confusing and unintelligible. But let's talk about the real ramifications of censorship. Patrick Collison is the CEO of Stripe. Stripe is the second largest payment processor. Think PayPal. Now PayPal, I think, has like 78% of the market. And Stripe actually has like 22 I could be wrong about that, but it's big. Patrick Collison tweeted, Someone I know has had some quite useful COVID-related posts removed from Medium, Medium LinkedIn, and Nextdoor. They've been deemed COVID misinformation. It's not, that, it's not what the WHO endorses. I think his posts overstate the case for the treatment he's arguing for. They aren't without justification, however. He has some considerable scientific evidence on his side, including a small RCT. Now, I want to stop there. The World Health Organization has already advised against the lockdowns, saying it's a last resort of last resorts, and it can be avoided. Why then are we seeing increasing lockdowns, which didn't work the first time, being implemented again? You see, that is against the World Health Organization's advice. Not that I think we should be mandated to just, you know, only repeat what the World Health Organization says. There are certainly other experts in this world. Let me tell you something. The far left and that their plan and everything that's going on, the Democrats have locked everything down. We're not meeting in person anymore and sharing ideas. Ideas are being pushed through social media and the internet. But they're going through a filter of what is deemed acceptable opinion. Keeping people indoors and away from each other stops the spread of more than just one kind of virus. You know, the actual virus. It Well, they say it does. Apparently it's not because a spike is happening like crazy. But it also spreads the idea of idea. It stops the spread of idea viruses. Now that could impact the left as well. But here's what then happens. We can't go and meet with our friends and talk about stuff and have arguments. I mean, I still do my show for sure, but for the most part, we can't, but we can go online where big tech CEOs like, you know, Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg can, can ban opinions. So right now, certain ideas are being crushed and certain and filtered out of the discourse. Think about that. It's very, very interesting. What we're saying right now on this, this segment is in line with acceptable discourse, but what's, what kind of conversations would be happening if we were in person. Well, I'll tell you, man, there's a guy who lives near me who's talking about some very, very serious consequences for everything that's going on. He's talking about guns and prepping and a bunch of crazy stuff. That's the kind of conversation they're hoping to avoid, which you can't have on social media, among other things. You can certainly say that it's racist to give white people the vaccine and racist to not make them get the vaccine. Sure, fine, whatever. But Patrick brings up a really good good point. Let's read. He says, This year, we've come to better appreciate the fallibility and shortcomings of numerous well-established institutions. Masks don't work, for instance, while simultaneously entrenching more heavily mechanisms that assume their correctness, removing COVID misinformation. False claims about COVID or any disease are, of course, undesirable. But leaving aside the merits of content removal as the response, have we really figured out a sensible applied epistemology for operationalizing? Such designations. Okay, let me slow down and just tell you what's going on. We were told earlier this year by Dr. Fauci himself, masks don't work. That's what Dr. Fauci said. He was wrong. At the time, many conservatives were buying masks. I had people hitting me up being like, bro, if they're saying don't get a mask, you better go out and buy masks. And I was like, okay. And people were sending me masks. This is the funniest thing. Some of these people are now the ones saying don't wear a mask, blah. Okay. Uh, I got no problem wearing a mask. I, it's you know it's really funny. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. A lot of people are like masks are a sign of uh, uh, obedience. I'm like bro, is wearing a shirt a sign of obedience? I go to the store and they're like no shirt, no shoes, no service. I can put a mask on while I'm in the store. I really don't care. I like it, it's you know your sovereign, your personal sovereignty, your independence is within you. There's certain there's certain give and take. Now somebody wants to inject something into me. That that's the line. Okay. If, if, we, if we're going to talk about choice, then certainly, you know, I'm not going to accept a mandate. Now, to be honest, I'm not super worried about this vaccine, but I am worried about it a bit because we are getting tons of reports about negative effects. We're getting reports about Bell's palsy, whether it's acceptable or not. It's not my it's not up to me. The news is reporting it. We're hearing about anaphylaxis. OK, it's not we have this woman faint. I'm not going to assert my opinion on those things other than to say the media is reporting things that are scaring people. If you want to mandate that, sorry, you can't freak me out and scream in my face and then mandate, you know, I get your your vaccine. Patrick Collison made a really important point, though. If big tech and social media at the behest of this leftist ideology and these resistance type Democrats who are like, we can't have misinformation be spreading, they're the ones who are spreading misinformation. There is no homogenized path towards a correct answer. You are not always going to be right. Neither will I. In fact, I'm wrong quite a bit, aren't I? I don't think I'm perfect. I don't think I have all the answers. I think I have opinions and I can read stuff and I can talk about it. And that means earlier in the year when they said don't buy masks, they were wrong. And now, based on the rules they've implemented, if they're wrong today, we can't counter that with the correct information. Meanwhile, they're giving us competing narratives. The elderly are too white. They shouldn't get the vaccine. But at colleges, the white people should be mandated to get the vaccine. Which is it? Which which is it? And which one am I allowed to argue against? I don't even know. Maybe that's the point. Maybe that's the control. They will shut down your conversations even when they are wrong. And then what do you do? Facebook and Twitter and YouTube are not the experts, and I don't care about the World Health Organization because that's not the United States. I have a doctor. You have a doctor. So I tell you this. Talk to your doctor. If you trust them, then go by what they say. You should always do that and ignore what the media has to say about this stuff. And I will stress, too. Look, I think it's kind of a silly idea. I mentioned the other day, but a lot of people are starting to bring it up. Why are so many stories coming out where the vaccine is scary? Why did we have a video of a woman in Tennessee? They put her on camera and she faints. Then they say, well, for her, it's common. She has a condition. Why would you choose the woman with a condition who faints to stand in front of cameras? She could have faint. Why are you telling me that an unnamed person in Alaska got anaphy- had an anaphylactic reaction, which is very severe? Why are you telling me about the Bell's palsy? Why are you telling me about these, these emergency alerts? You know, like the, the, you, you can't give the vaccine unless you have uh, resuscitation measures readily available in the UK. Why do they keep saying it? Is the vaccine really that bad? Maybe, maybe these things really happened. And maybe it's the media desperate for ratings. And maybe as many people are now saying, they're desperate for a way to say Trump is bad. You want to know what happened in the past few days? A lot of people were pointing out that Trump promised to get the vaccine vaccine out by the end of the year. And Trump has been saying we must get it approved. We must get the vaccine to people. And then the media starts pushing these stories about all the bad things about it. I do think it's a bit silly because part of me, I'm like, ah, oh, come on. They wouldn't really do that, would they? I wouldn't put it past them, man. I would not put it past them. Earlier on, we saw all these stories. where They said Trump will never do it. It's not possible. We're going to be in lockdown forever. The vaccine can't work. And even now, what are they saying? Even if you get the vaccine, you must be locked down. Why? Trump succeeded. Trump did the unthinkable and got the vaccine done and approved in less than a year. Now, you shouldn't have to get it unless you choose to get it. And you should talk to your doctor about it if it's right for you. That's that's why you should always do it. I have allergies, so I'm concerned. I don't think it makes sense. Plus, I'm a strapping young lad. I'm not in line to get it anyway. The point is, take the side effects seriously. Look into the health effects. Take it all seriously. Do your research and then ask your doctor. All right. That's the important thing you'll do. But why is it they're telling us the lockdown can't be lifted? And why is it that they're slapping us in the face with stories where they're like, it's actually bad? Could it be that like many vaccines, it has its problems? Could it be that it was rushed out and there are some areas of concern people should have and it should be forced on people? And could it be that Trump pulled off a miracle they were saying it would take ai I'm not kidding. Quotes from doctors. It would take a miracle to get the vaccine done. Then Trump does it, praises it and says, we're going to get this out. And they start saying, no, no, you still have to lock down. It's not. Ah, that was their plan. They want the great reset. They want the lockdown. They did not want Trump to pull this off. Now that the vaccine's here, what are they going to do? When Russia announced they had a vaccine, the media was like, no, no, not true. Then when we heard from these big pharmaceuticals who want that sweet green, that guaranteed government money, our money, they said, we have it. And the media said, but you still have to lock down. You still have to wear a mask. You still have to lock down. You still have to wear a mask. And, and people people are fainting and getting sick. Okay, dude, you know what? Listen, I'm not a doctor. I go to the doctor when I do, and the doctor prescribes medication, and I just trust them. They're like, you're sick. This will cure you. Okay, I, I like like in every profession. I can't go and do all this hard research to determine what the chemical makeup of this drug is. I do my research though, and it turns out. Yeah, I told the story uh, the other day when I was once prescribed. It was uh, it was an antibiotic. Traveling around the world, you know, you want to make sure you're 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 getting you're taken care of because sometimes water is dirty. I'll put it that way. I'm not, I won't get too personal, but, you know, you go to countries like Turkey and Venezuela, you go to a doctor, right? And so one of the things they they gave had some side effects. And I said, I don't think that's a good idea. And they said, OK, we'll give you a different one. Just that simple. Just that simple. So I trust my doctor. And that's what I think everybody needs to do. I think you need to watch out for media sensationalism. And I think we should all just point out in the end, the far left is crazy. Everybody's nuts and they hate Trump. So I have to wonder if a lot of the big narrative coming out about the vaccine is just because they want to make sure you don't believe Trump pulled it off. I know it does seem kind of silly, right? But they didn't want the vaccine to come out. They said it couldn't be done. They said Trump couldn't do it. Why would I believe now they're taking this seriously instead of just believing they want to make sure everybody hates Trump? Think about what's going on. Trump right now is fighting for the presidency, refusing to back down. Could you imagine like what this is going to mean for the president. He got the miracle. He, he he accomplished this. It's going to bolster his support at a time when he needs it more than ever. So no surprise, these stories are coming out and people are fainting on camera. Oh, no, the vaccine Trump was wrong. They don't want you lining up behind Donald Trump. They don't want you st- standing up with him. Now, I'm not saying it's defi- definitively. I'm just saying they definitely don't want you supporting Trump. It could just be that we've never had a media system like this while we've administered an emergency vaccine. And that's really it. So here we go. Last thing on the Twitter, as I'm seeing right now, the, the What's Happening tab. Pfizer says it has millions of doses of COVID 19 vaccine in a warehouse with no additional instructions for delivery. Once again, the vaccine was accomplished and available, but it's Trump's fault. See what they're doing? We'll see what they're doing. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. That's the URL, not the name of the channel. You can find it by searching Tim Pool on YouTube. I think we got really big news. Let me just give you the gist of it. Um, On the podcast, you probably already heard the whole segment, but there was a briefing today on the biggest hack in American history, essentially. And as soon as they got out, they cut off Joe Biden from defense briefings and transition. Now, that's interesting. I'll see y'all at 4 And we'll talk about that story. YouTube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all then.